I talk about a lot of products that can make your life easier, and I use and love Tearmender. It's been around since 1932. It's an adhesive to repair tears in all types of clothing, fabrics, leather, vinyl, footwear, and buttons. Tearmender can also repair canvas awnings, tents, carpet, and fabric furniture. It's one product you've got to have around your home, and it's a must-have for all your winter projects. Tearmender is available at your local hardware store, Amazon, or find a store at Tearmender.com and more great make-do and men's solutions and ideas. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I talk about a lot of products that can make your life easier. And I use and love Tearmender. It's been around since 1932. It's an adhesive to repair tears in all types of clothing, fabrics, leather, vinyl, footwear, and buttons. Tearmender can also repair canvas awnings, tents, carpet, and fabric furniture. It's one product you've got to have around your home. And it's a must-have for all your winter projects. Tearmender is available at your local hardware store, Amazon, or find a store at Tearmender.com and more great make-do and men's solutions and ideas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No All right. Best time of the day. I get to say good afternoon. Welcome to our number four. And you're at home with Gary Sullivan taking your calls up to uh, 1230. And then we're going to have our first guest for the day. We'll have Stephanie Lambers on. She's with Tri Health Community. Uh, benefit and special projects consultant. What the special project is going to be at 1230 is there's a whole thing called living in place. It's trying to allow people to stay in their home longer. You know, as we get older, there's things that become uh, hurdles that we have to manage around. So some of the things we can do to our homes to make it uh, more uh, more safe and easier to live in that home. So Stephanie will be joining us at 1230, but it's your calls till then at 800-823-8255. And Dan, welcome. Uh, thank you, Gary. And good afternoon. First time caller, long time listener. Thank you, your- sir. Uh, my, my question is in regards to hot water heaters. I have a, about a 75-gallon tank. Uh, it's 22 years old. And I'm looking to replace it. And I I know there's new systems out there where there's no tank or tankless in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted your opinion on that, whether you think I would should switch to a tankless, because uh, I know mm-hmm. my family complains that when more than one or two of us take a shower, that they kind of have to wait for yeah, hot water. Right. Or, is yeah. there a, you know, or is there a brand out there that you would recommend? Right now I have an A.O. Smith in there. Um, well, so. that's a that's a good brand. Uh, twenty two years, um, you know, so it's certainly near the end of its lifespan, um, and maybe that was a big enough tank in the beginning. But 
maybe over the years as we collect hard water deposits that's really not holding that as much water as it once did and that could be contributing uh to the running out of water so let me ask you a couple questions um number one are we dealing with gas or electric gas gas okay and the question then is is that something i should entertain uh, a tankless system yes yes you should definitely look into it dan and Quite honestly, now's a great time because it's really hard to make a switch from a tank to a tankless when that heater is, you know, kaputzed. You know, you you just want hot water. You don't you don't care what they put in your house. <laughs> if you're a normal guy, it's like just fix it. So now's the time to do the research. So, so they've been around a long time. They're used in Europe a lot, and they're used it way before we got on board. It is energy saving uh, because you're heating only the water that you're using. You're not heating and that cools off before anybody takes a shower and reheats it. So we're heating water then that we don't really use right away. Maybe we eat it two or three times. Um, so that's a money saving feature of it. It also gives you the feature of its endless hot water. Okay, so, you know, you can have, you can turn the hot water on all day. You're going to get hot water. Um, right, that's the, the upside. I hadn't heard that that side was it takes a little bit of time to get it. In other words, if you first turn it on, you have to, I guess you're wasting a little bit of water in the beginning. But other than that. Not much, but that can happen even much. with a tank one. Quite honestly, I had a house one time. It took 45 seconds to get a hot water through the shower head. And you can actually get a recirculating pump on there to take care of that. But that's another story. I, you, you, you're not going to get instant hot water, but you probably don't get instant hot water at home now. That's true. So, yeah. So anyway, I, I wouldn't concern myself with that. That'll probably be about the same. Um, but you'll have endless hot water. You won't have to keep reheating the water. If there is a negative, there's probably... And this is much improved than it was just five years ago. Uh, they used to be a little restrictive of how much hot water they could produce to take care of. In other words, could you have three people taking a shower, do the wash, and run the dishwasher? No. Um, I think when I started talking about tankless water heaters, it was about three gallons per minute. Now it's like nine gallons per minute. And they, you can get different sizes on those, too. You can even get up to 12 gallons. You can get down to five gallons. So an average shower, you know, it's a gallon and a half a minute, maybe, you know, or a gallon a minute. So, you know, you start getting yeah, into I, eight and nine gallons a minute, it's not an issue. Yeah, when I inquired about this several years ago, because I was looking at, you know, thinking my tank's getting too old and I'm worried about it leaking down in my finished basement. So mm -hmm. making a mess, but um, the gentleman was at the store was telling me, and this is a heating and cooling store. It's not, you know, your big box store. He was telling me that the new hot water heaters, like I have in my home now, to get more efficient, you know, they, you know, you know I'm going to have the same problem I got with water, you know, running out of hot water. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was looking in those systems. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would certainly encourage you to uh, 
um, continue to, you know, um, see if that's the direction you want to go. The negative is always cost. You know, they're a little bit more right. than a tank. But then again, your savings should be, I don't know about significant, but there'll be a savings. The funny thing is if you start asking people about savings and people tell you 10%, 15%, 20%, I had one guy tell me, and I I think he's probably the most honest of anybody. I said, so what's the savings going to be? He says, well, quite honestly, the studies that we show, the savings isn't much because now people take longer, hotter showers. (laughs) <laughs> and i totally get it i'm going that's probably the most that honest answer sense. i ever heard you know it's gonna cost you less money to use the water that you heated but are you going to use more water so. right right well thank you gary i appreciate your time thank you sir Have you're quite welcome thank you take care bye-bye All right. Um, Again, our uh, phone number, if you would uh, like to join us, do so. We got Barbara. Barbara, welcome. Hey, good morning. Morning. Um, I I have a very old house, 1910, but I converted my dining room to a kitchen about five years ago. Um, About a year or two in, I had a leak underneath the sink, and a guy came that said, well, this wasn't put in right, so he did something. But then um, lately... I'm getting kind of a backup of water when I run a lot of water in the sink and it's not draining very good. So we took the pipes apart and there's no clog or anything. But my brother said, well, the the way the pipes, it's horizontal. It seems like it should be inclined uh, on an incline so that it drains better into the the left side of the sink. It's a double sink. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just wondering what you thought about that. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't, I kind of missed the first part. Has this been happening for a long, long time or? No, no, just in the last few months. And I thought, well, I've got, I've got a clog, right? But, yeah. Because um, it's just slowly draining. And then occasionally my kitchen vent uh, or the sink vent, it really bubbles over with, maybe I'm using too much soap. I don't know. But we did take the, the pipe under the sink apart and there's no, there's no buildup there. Well, the pipe could be. But, blocked beyond where you took it apart though right yes i did read something about maybe the outside sewer line or something could well be it, up a little it, bit. and it might not even be that far i mean it could be okay. when it goes in the wall or in the floor there could be mm-hmm. a bend or something and that clog could be down there um mm-hmm. you know it, it's nice that it's not clogged right at the bend or the joint Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's so never a plumber that would find something that far, well, I mean, you can run? take it out. You can take those pipes apart and run a snake into the wall tube and, okay. you know, and see if there's a clog there. Um, okay. it, so when this new, started, but... when this started not being able to absorb all the water, mm-hmm. um, this just started happening, right? So it, it wouldn't, right. it, it wasn't a problem before. So it's not the problem with the way the pipes are put in. I guess not. Yeah. Okay. So I would either get a snake and snake out that pipe into the wall or through the floor mm-hmm. or get a mm-hmm. plumber out there to run a camera in there mm-hmm. and see where the blockage is. 
Okay, but typically the pipes underneath the sink, the stubble sink, they don't have to be on an incline for any reason. Well, it's that probably a no, no, it's probably a small, okay. slight incline, but they're not going to change. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure okay. that's if it's been okay for a long period of time, and now it's a mm -hmm. problem. It's got to be a problem with the drain or the vent on the roof. Beyond. All right. What about all that soap stuff coming out of the the sink vent? Is, am well, I that tells me that tells me there's probably a clog. I mean, it's okay. backing up, and water takes a path of least resistance, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that okay. vent pipe is the water's just going up that vent pipe. It's just not going down there. Seems to me there's That's a clog down there somewhere <laughs> and you're going to have to either snake it out or get her a plumber out there and snake it out. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's take a little break and we'll come back and we'll get Brenda and Linda and then we'll have our guest in. At home with Gary Sullivan right here on 55KRC, the talk station. All right, back at it we go. At home with Gary Sullivan, 20 minutes after the noon hour. And uh, let's get back to the phones here. We have Brenda. Brenda, welcome. Hi, Gary. Hello. I haven't uh, talked to you in a long time, but I do have a question from a long time ago. Okay. You uh, used to recommend some kind of product, and I think it's really good for like cleaning uh, kitchen cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a container of it somewhere, and I've looked all over for it, but I can't oh. remember the name. Okay. Uh, well, like we've a, talked a, about a couple of them, but probably the latest one I spoke of was called Milsic. And it's M-I-L-S-E-K. That yeah. kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, it's yes. M-I-L-S-E-K. Their website is milsic.com. And the, the, the interesting thing about this particular product, unlike, any of the other products, quite honestly, on the market today, is it removes wax and grime and dirt and hand oil. So it removes all that. Then it rejuvenates the wood. And it does not contain wax, which always kind of gets that, it helps that grime develop, quite honestly. Right. Um, and it doesn't have silicone in it. So it's, it's a product that's over 100 years old and invented by a Hungarian cabinet maker, and it's called Milsic, M-I-L-S-E-K. Ace Hardware, they have it sometimes. Some of the Ace Hardware stores have it. You can get it on Amazon. You can also get it at their website. Okay, M-I-L-S-E-K. I think it's just S-E-K, yeah. Okay, and... I'm from where you live. Uh, is it better to use the 800 number to call your show? Uh, it it doesn't okay. make any difference. They actually all ring into the same bank of calls, okay. so it doesn't make I any difference. Getting busy signals and whatever, and I just like we were very very calling. busy today. Yeah, we really were. Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess people. Yeah, there's eight lines coming their project, in. And, they want to yeah. get okay. get going beforehand. But I've met you a couple times, but you know we won't get into that now. But I'll call back some other time. But all Thank right. you. You just solved. You know, as soon as I buy this stuff, I'll find it. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but, of course. <laughs> Drug Mark um, carries it, too, I think. Well, I think we've got a couple aces by us. Yeah. All right. You used to go to Hater Hardware. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. I kind of remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, All right, Brenda. Thank you much for the you. call. I've learned a lot from you. I always have. So Very thank good. you. Thank you. Take care. All right, and let's go to Linda. Linda, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
I had this question about a portable spa hot tub. <clears throat> My kids got me one for Christmas, and I have a sun porch, but if I put it out there, um, the handy guy that comes and does works works for me, you know, periodically on projects. Um, he's told me that I will need to, like, reinforce where I would put it because, uh, I don't know, my the boards under the porch are not strong enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I want to know is, can I put that in my basement? I live in a quad-level house with the bottom half level being a basement. <clears throat> And I just would feel, I live alone, and I would feel, you know, maybe better about, like I would use it more if I were just going to the basement to use it. Yeah. Um, I would not put it in your house, Linda, um, for the the reason is, is the water is, you know, hot and warm. And you hear me always talking about moisture and humidity. And those hot tubs generate a lot of water vapor and a lot of humidity i think what you'll find is your humidity level in your house will be raised dramatically and your house is going to smell like chlorine oh okay so uh you know it's just kind of like if you really think about it it's like having you know 15 or 20 huge bathtubs always filled up with water that's always being heated yeah so you know yeah i would i wouldn't do that but uh okay you know the porch he's probably just talking about uh just reinforcing i mean the joists that hold the deck boards it's it sounds like he is spot on what he needs to reinforce uh certainly the deck boards whether he needs to reinforce other things too uh um you know it'd probably be beneficial but You'll enjoy it. It's worth it, but I'd keep it out of the house. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Uh Bye-bye. All right. Uh, So busy day it was when she said she couldn't get through. I get it, man. It's been been really busy. One thing, and I I think as we always kind of look at a lot of things that we um, uh, chat about during the weekend shows, it's always moisture in it. I mean, it's somebody looking for a leak. Somebody's talking about humidity. Somebody has mold. And we had those calls again today. So really, as we, you know, I'll continue to give you tips on avoiding excessive moisture in your home. We also had a really good call today about filters and the MERV rating of filters. I think probably some of you listening, maybe your eyes glazed over when we're talking about MERV values, but you're, um, that, that's really worth talking about. If you have somebody in your home that really kind of suffers from allergies and different things, take a look at a filter, some of those ultra allergen filters that have MERV ratings of 12 or 14. They, they really can help that particular person who's suffering from that type of uh, problem. Uh, it can filter out things as low as 0.3 microns, but in a lot of cases, it inhibits the flow of air back to some of the back bedrooms or back rooms in your house. So this time of year, if you have a problem with back rooms staying comfortably heated when it's cold out, 
you might take a look and if you're using some of those ultra allergen filters just because you know nobody's really suffering you it's just because you're using it just to be safe you might look at and i'm not talking the 79 cent flat panel filters but there are some pleated filters that have a merv rating of like six and since it's pleated it's got a larger surface area to catch the gunk and um it's a little looser i'm gonna talk very pedestrian a little looser weave where more air can get through it and maybe that air now makes it to those back bedrooms i i have recommended that many times to many of my friends and has gotten reports back to how much that really helped um so that might be something you know just in the winter time or just in a real hot part of the summertime might just pull that out and put in just a merv rated six pleated filter and you leave it it's for a week until the temperature becomes a little more normal and then you can slide that ultra allergen back in that might be very helpful because you're it's all about um the heat and everything is all about satisfying that thermostat and you know your thermostat could be in your dining room it can be in your hallway and you got an upstairs way back bedroom and you got a high density filter and it's kind of been in there for like two three months that can be a problem of getting that heated air back there so just changing that to a a less sophisticated uh filter probably be a big help all right, we'll take a little break, and then we're going to be joined by Stephanie Lambers. She's with TriHealth Community Benefit Special Projects Consultant. We're going to talk about making your home more safe, especially as we get a little bit older, things we can do to our homes to uh, make it a little, little more safe. So that's what our discussion will be as we continue. You're at home with Gary Sullivan right here on 55KRC the talk station all right back at it we go 12 33 and what a busy weekend <laughs> so far so good we're solving a lot of problems hey joining me now is stephanie lambert she's with tri health community benefit special projects consultant and stephanie welcome to at home with gary sullivan how are you doing great gary thanks thanks for having me on today so we're going to talk a little bit about um keeping ourselves safe in our home and also different things you can do to uh, uh, make your home safe. But you're with TriHealth, and I know you do a lot of things uh, in terms of teaching people home safety. Tell me a little bit about your function with TriHealth. So with TriHealth, I connect with Community Benefit, which is pretty much everything that TriHealth does for the community that supports their work as a tax-exempt organization. So all the good stuff, whether it's people being out in the community, um, presenting, doing education, um, we do an awful lot of like fall prevention, education and awareness with some of the programs we'll talk about later in the program. But just Mm -hmm. whatever we can do to get out and connect with different populations in the community, uh, to connect with health and social determinants of health, and just all these different things that can you know, connect with their outcomes of how they do with, with their health and, and their life. Yeah. yeah. I know, Stephanie, in my end of uh, the business, the, the buzz phrase that, I don't know, probably came out 15 years ago, 10 years ago, who knows, was uh, living in place. You can 
mm-hmm. you know, as you, you know, you bought the house 30 years ago. Well, we're, none of us are the same <laughs> compared to what we were 30 years ago. And, you know, we want to keep that generation in their home as long as they want to be in their home. So there's certainly some areas we need to address. And I know in one of the notes you sent me, you said the CDC says one in four older adults fall. And that's always big problems because when you fall at that age, you know, you got, you know, fractures of your hip, your back, all kinds mm-hmm. of problems. I mean, falls, is that the number one big, most preventable problem? Um, yes, actually, uh, for seniors, falls are the number one injury-related cause of death for older adults. Hmm. So it's just very important, you know, just like any other aspect of our health, I think that people just don't realize, um, you know, they might think of other lifestyle factors like eating healthy or exercising or, you know, things of that nature. But I think that people just don't realize you know, if they can just take that extra time to do what they can to prevent a fall, that's just so significant for their health, just like all of these other health focuses. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're all resistant to change. However, you know, getting old, you're not going to change that. That's just going to happen. How resistant are people to even make changes in their home? And what kind of changes do you focus in on? Yeah, um, it's interesting because oftentimes the the work that we do with seniors in the community, you know, we will hear from them that, you know, maybe they don't want to make changes in their home. Maybe they don't want to do something like adding handrails or a grab bar or handheld shower. Maybe they're concerned that, you know, someday when their adult children are going to sell their home, that it might make it harder for them to be able to do that. But, mm-hmm. again, we just reassure them that the most important thing that they can do is to just be able to live their best life while they're here, you know, be as healthy and capable and just enjoying hopefully their retirement years and just living their best life. And the way to do that is just embrace making some changes. You know, if we can just kind of get ourselves to be open-minded, it really can make a difference with, with making changes in our home and in our life. Well, I know, and I'm sure you know too, you probably talk about this all the time, is just different little adjustments in the bathroom. You know, the curbless mm-hmm. shower. There's one place I know they can actually take an old bathtub and basically cut a door in it for you. And I think there's one place, I don't know who, what the name of the company is, but I saw it one time, I couldn't believe it. When they cut the door in the bathtub, they saved that piece and they can actually put that back in place to sell the house. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how great is, a, is that? That is an option. Yeah. That is an option. Well, as an occupational therapist, you know, what we try to do is just, you know, have people make even just small changes a lot of times can make a big difference on um, how they do in their life. And, you know, with things in the bathroom, a lot of times that's what it is. It's just those small changes. It might not even need to be, you know, taking that sure. cut out of their tub. Maybe if they right. even just have a little seat, a little um, specific tub seat that they can have there, if that right. can just kind of help them with having somewhere to sit and slide on over on that, um, it can just make it a little easier to be able to, you know, get in and out of the tub. Yeah. So when we're talking about adults, the one for adults falling, what, what causes people to fall? Obviously, you know, impediments inside the home, which is what I'm st- talking here about mm-hmm. with Stephanie, but it's just um, you get older, you get weaker. 
I know I'm sitting here. I've got two replaced knees, so I'm not quite as uh, jumping around as I once was. What are some of the things that cause this falls? So some of the, the top reasons that people fall, um, the home and environmental hazards. So those things that, you know, we'll talk about here shortly, that if we can just put some minor changes in place, then it's almost like passively those are helping us every day in our life if we make those changes in our home. So the home and the environmental hazards, um, having weak weakness in your lower extremities, so weak legs, um, that is a big known fall risk factor. As well as if we have a vitamin D deficiency, that can be another one, which we know where we live, where we're located in the Midwest. You're not, we're not that close to the equator. Uh, right. You know, many of us do have a vitamin D deficiency just because of, you know, where we are located geographically. Uh, right. Vision problems. Um, as we get older, we have just natural changes that occur within our vision. Um, some of those can be even more like a narrowed peripheral vision and some other things. Um, aside from vision conditions that people can have, such as glaucoma or diabetic retinopathy, different things like that. And if we have vision problems, that makes it harder to see. And then also, um, if we have challenges with our balance or with walking, uh, a lot of times there's other medical factors that kind of tie in with those as well. And then if you add on top of that, uh, maybe you're taking some medications and things like that. And if you kind of add all these different factors up, the more those factors that you have happening in your life, then the more likely that you could have a fall. Sure, sure. Um, before I get into the changes that you can recommend people do to their home, uh, do you, you have classes at TriHealth. I, I think you mm-hmm. are pretty involved in those. Can you tell me some of the classes you have, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come and talk about the changes we can make. Yeah, that sounds great. So two of the classes specifically that we have that address uh, fall prevention, um, they're what's called evidence-based fall prevention classes. So one of them is called Stepping On. And stepping on is a seven-week, two-hour-per-week class, and uh, you have a lot of experts involved in it. You have an occupational therapist involved in it, um, a pharmacist, a physical therapist, a vision specialist. We connect with uh, community partners, um, such as, like, the police and the fire and EMS. But all of these experts help with key areas that are all these different fall risk factors that Um, need to be addressed that we just kind of have open talks about. We kind of bring these talks up within the class, within the program, and it's just a great way of people being able to kind of share and discuss these topics and then kind of hone in on each of us that are in that class, what are the things that we need to think about in our own life to reduce falls. And then also um, with the class, it's a great way to be able to address our our balance and our strength and our legs in particular. We show... um, four very basic balance exercises and four very basic strength exercises for our our legs. And that can just, if people on a consistent basis can do those, it can reduce your fall risk by 31%, which is pretty huge, which is pretty huge. Sure. And they can find out more about the classes at tryhealth.com. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It's on tryhealth.com forward slash seniority classes. Very good. All right, let's take a little break. We'll come back and uh, talk about some changes we can make at the home. And uh, we're with Stephanie. She is with Tri Health, and you're at home with Gary Sullivan right here on 55KRC, the talk station. All right, back to work we go. Interesting conversation with Stephanie Lambers with Tri Health. We're talking about um, falls in a home, and now we're going to get into different things that 
you know, maybe we can um, make changes to our home to help prevent it. Of course, there's, you know, living in home, we're advancing in age. Uh, maybe you have a, a disease like diabetes or Parkinson's or dementia, arthritis. I mean, it goes on and on. So, Stephanie, if you had five things that you're thinking about that would make your home safer, let's start with number one. What, what would be the number one thing? Number one, I would say uh, we really need to think about handrails. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to think about what is the easiest way to get in and out of our homes and whatever way that is, whether that's, you know, going in the front door or going in through the garage, just really, you know, thinking through, do we have a handrail there? Do we have two handrails, which is the best scenario? And then not only do we have a handrail, but is it actually secured? Because a lot of times what yeah. I'll see when with um, with a program with, with stepping on, I'll go into a lot of homes after we wrap up the program and do a home visit. And oftentimes, you know, someone might have maybe one handrail, but it's, you know, pretty shoddy when you're trying to hold on to it to go up the steps. And right. you know, same thing within the home. I mean, think about how scary it is, you know, going, looking down towards a set of basement steps. You know, you got to go down to the laundry room. You know, maybe it looks pretty dark down there. Right. And, um, you know, but also not having a handrail that, that is secured and not sure. having one for both ways. It's that whole, just like that song goes, you know, what must what goes up must come down. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's. It's important. We got to think about things both ways. Yeah, and, and handrails and, for sure, number one. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Especially going downstairs, a lot of people. Um, I don't think this is the greatest idea, though. Even carpet steps and the steps going down to a basement sometimes won't be as as deep as uh, especially in older homes. They're kind of shallow and. It's, mm-hmm. you know, uncomfortable and it's not safe and holding on. You're exactly right. How about throw rugs? That, that's got to be in the category. Yeah, throw rugs. A lot of times in so many of the homes that I've been in, I'll see throw rugs on top of throw rugs, you know, throw rugs making your way from the front door all the way to the kitchen. So I think mm-hmm. something we need to just kind of do is just take a moment and reassess. Do we need all these throw rugs that we have within our home? Um, right. One of the most scary scenarios with the throw rug is is when someone has one like at the bottom of a set of steps, right. knowing that you know they might get down to that last um, you know area, just you know making it past that bottom step, and they think they're at the promised land, and then if you got a throw rug there that you're going <laughs> to slide out on, that's right. not a good idea. So I think these rugs, you know, the ones that we have to have, you know, the larger area rugs, if we you know if we need to have those and a couple others that you know maybe we have to have within our home. Just tacking them down, making sure that they're secured, making sure that, you know, there's no dog-eared corners to them. Because right. with the exercises we teach people, we, you know, we really talk to them about, um, you know, heel-toe walking and lifting up their, their toes so that they can really focus on, hey, I'm going to be safe making it over a rug. I'm going to be safe making it through a doorway, whichever area we have to go where we have to, you know, have that type of a movement. But if we can tack things down, so that passively it's already kind of taken care of, then hopefully it can kind of help in just our regular routine with those yeah. throw rugs. I, I'm focusing back on the, the handrails going to the basement, and you were talking about a dark, dreary basement. Does does lighting make your top five changes? Yes, yes, that's definitely, yeah, that's in the top five as well. So lighting is so important. 
I think, you know, a lot of times people think, okay, maybe I should have a night light or something. But I mean, the, one of the top areas with lighting is, um, you know, at nighttime, if someone knows that they have to get up in the middle of the night on a regular basis to go into the bathroom, even just have a motion sensor light, then you don't have to think about, you know, maybe light bothers you when you're asleep and you don't want to have a light on all the time. Uh, but if you have a motion sensor light, then if you did get up in the middle of the night, it would automatically come on to help light your way, um, you know, over to the bathroom. And then just think about other areas of the home as well. Um, you know, with that scary basement, maybe it's going down to the laundry room or whatever it is. Um, so oftentimes it can be even more treacherous with doing the steps and things like that if we just don't have sufficient lighting because, uh, you know, a lot of times, especially if someone doesn't have a finished basement, it can be very unforgiving falling down onto a, a concrete floor, um, you know, just to go down sure. to try to get your laundry just because you couldn't see things. Mm-hmm. And having like a pole chain type of a light at the bottom of the basement steps, it's just not sufficient lighting. I mean, right. you can't even do just uh, you can have motion sensor lights going down your steps. Um, you know, you could make sure that, uh, you know, you could have a switch at the top of the steps with a light installed mm-hmm. as well. But illuminating those steps, very important. Yeah, just as a little tip here, there's so many, you keep talking about motion sensor lighting, and that's true. I know there's so many of them that can even, with LED giving very crisp, bright light, it can run on batteries and be motion sensor and just stick on the baseboard. Um, And they can last a year before you got to change the batteries. They're only going on when you're going down the steps. And then there's, uh, you're talking about the old plate. Pool change. I just saw some lights there, nine, 10 inches wide now, and it has a bulb attachment. So you screw this thing in to the old porcelain socket, and it's this big light and it's motion detector. As you're walking down the steps, it, it illuminates the whole thing. So, yeah, there's that's not difficult to act, activate that project at all and can give you great lighting. What other things make your top five? Well, another one, um, believe it or not, is stuff. A lot of times people <laughs> just have a lot of stuff within their home. And, yeah. you know, if we can look at getting rid of clutter or if we have excess furniture that maybe is not being used, uh, people just don't realize that having all of this excess stuff in their home, it can be a fire hazard for themselves, as well as think about it. If a first responder is coming to their home to care for them someday, Um, You know, it could be a hazard for them to be able to try to safely navigate their way through someone's home. So I guess one of my biggest recommendations for that is, you know, a lot of times I think people have extra stuff in their homes because maybe some of them, uh, you know, some of these items are like things that remind them of a loved one that maybe they no longer is living. So my recommendation for that is, is, you know, take a picture of that to help remember it and then help that person's memory live on. By providing that at, that item to someone really in need in the community, um, there's so many nonprofits like St. Vincent de Paul, New Life Furniture Bank. I mean, they're looking for things such as couches that really can help someone in need in the community. And so I think if we can look at it, you know, kind of frame things differently instead of thinking, you know, I'm sad or sorrowful to be able to give away these items. If we can think that we're literally helping to provide an opportunity for a family who Uh, really is in need and and to kind of help them move their life in a positive direction, 
we can reframe that, we mm. really can, you know, make a lot of good changes. For sure. Well, we've got about three minutes left in uh, what is number five areas that we can make our home with some changes, make it a safer place. Well, the bathroom, um, the bathroom can, as we know, oftentimes can end up being a skating rink. You know, it right. can get pretty slick in there when the shower and there can even end up being um, moisture in other areas within the bathroom. So that's an area where definitely small changes can definitely have a big return for home safety. So again, we circle back to those motion sensor lights and night lights, but even just a small grab bar, you know, we for install sure. one on the first floor of our home so that when family members come over who need a right. little something to hold on to, it's not just for them, it helps them, it helps everyone who, you know, who is always here or visiting. So mm -hmm. making things just safer for everyone there. Sure. Um, handheld shower. There's even something called a toilevator. It literally, Gary, it can just raise your toilet up on a little platform yeah, and make I've it a little them. higher. Yeah, and you'd be surprised at what a difference that makes, too. I know you guys kind of work with people working cooperatively. If somebody listening right now, you know, says, oh, geez, I can't afford any changes. I'm not physically able to do it myself. Um, they can help folks out, too, can they not? Yes, they can. Um, people Working Cooperatively is a nonprofit um, that helps with critical home repairs, home modifications, just a lot of home needs for um, people who are low income, um, seniors, veterans, um, people with disabilities. And uh, definitely, they're such a great resource in the community um, for so many home needs. And, and if people can call them, they can kind of, you know, connect with where do they live. Um, there's different areas of funding and things they have. Uh, to try to connect with, you know, helping people with their needs. And sure. then for people who maybe have, you know, more of a level and advanced level of things that they need within their home, and if they have the means that they're able to help pay for those type of things, it's worth that little bit of investment. You know, the payoff is, is so great to be able to make those changes that are going to help you to just have a safer, um, happy, healthy life. Sure, sure. Well, there's obviously uh, tons of information out there. Um, we've scratched the surface, Steph Stephanie, and um, I'm sure you'll agree, but even in people that suffer with arthritis, there's oversized door handles, there's oversized cabinet handles. There's, it just goes on and on. Um, we, being the home improvement industry, has adapted to the point that people want to stay in their homes for as long as they can and of course when you want something like that changes need to be made and well you're a big part of making some of those changes happen so again the class information you have classes and how can they get a hold of that uh information stephanie yeah for our classes um they can actually call to register for a class at 513-569-5400 or um, you can go to tryhealth.com, and that's forward slash seniority classes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. And the timing was impeccable because <laughs> we're out of it. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity, Gary. Have a, have a great welcome. day. Thank you very much, Take Stephanie. Care. Take care. Stephanie Lambert, Dry Health Community Benefits Special Projects Consultant. And that's for everybody, whether you're at that age or your parents at that age, you know, have a little chat with them, if you will. And uh, I think eventually we'll all need a little help, right? At least we hope so. All right. Uh, 
the the car show is coming up. So buckle up and get ready for Dale Donovan. Danny, thank you very Dang, much. Actually. A busy day it was. You can go rest your voice now. And good Lord willing, we'll both be back tomorrow for more at home with Gary Sullivan. I talk about a lot of products that can make your life easier, and I use and love Tearmender. It's been around since 1932. It's an adhesive to repair tears in all types of clothing, fabrics, leather, vinyl, footwear, and buttons. Tearmender can also repair canvas awnings, tents, carpet, and fabric furniture. It's one product you've got to have around your home, and it's a must-have for all your winter projects. Tearmender is available at your local hardware store, Amazon, or find a store at tearmender.com and more great make-do and men's solutions and ideas with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.